Welcome to the In Every Place podcast, the show that brings you the story beyond the headlines of what God is doing around the world today. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. This is Sam Harper. Welcome back to the In Every Place podcast, where you're getting to hear of the bigger God stories beyond the headlines of what he is doing in locations and spaces literally all around the world uh, in ways that we all would never expect. Uh, Today, it's a huge honor to get to speak with my friend Joel Bomberger. Joel and his wife, Amy, they live in a large missional community in Huntington Beach, California, uh, with their two kids, eight housemates, and they work with Youth with a Mission, YWAM circuit riders. Uh, It's a ministry that's focusing on evangelism and equipping young people to be radical in their faith and their love for Jesus. Uh, Truly, they they travel all across the United States and even around the world, uh, leading tours to high school campuses and college and university campuses. Uh, But recently, obviously, 2020 has kind of changed some of the things that they've been doing. They focused on online platforms, specifically TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, as many big gatherings have been postponed. And those are going to be some of the stories that we're going to get to hear about today on the podcast. Joel, it's a huge honor to have you on with me, man. Yeah, I'm so grateful. I'm so excited about what God is doing. I'm so happy that I'm able to share about it. Awesome. Well, hey, before we get to hear uh, some more of the stories of what's going on in 2020, I always love hearing, man, when when did you come to meet Jesus and uh, what did that look like that kind of redirected the trajectory of your life? Tell us a little bit more about, about your background. Yeah, so I grew up in Pennsylvania, um, in Lancaster, a highly religious area. Uh, grew up even kind of with some conservative Mennonite roots. And uh, it was, but in my whole life, I, you know, though I had that Christian aspect to my background, I was very much a kind of wild child. I didn't, uh, you know, fit in the norms. And I preferred to be kind of the party animal, the wild one. And I didn't quite understand. Uh, religion felt a little bit boring to me. So all throughout high school, I had gone my own way, my own path. And, you know, without having to talk too much about that, it was my senior year of high school in 2010 into 2011, that I had a profound encounter with the Lord. And um, there was a moment where I got filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, January 2011, after I had decided to seek God for a winter. I told him that, hey, if you're real and your life is really that good, would you show yourself to me? And I decided that I would, you know, give my winter to seek God. And I read through the Bible in 90 days and little, um, you know, 17-year-old Joel at the time did not understand a word he was reading as I'm reading up to, you know, 18 chapters a day, trying to get through it in 90 days. <laughs> but the amazing thing was that uh, whenever we seek God, he, show, he, he shows himself, you know. Uh, he promises that, you know, you seek, you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. So in simple faith, I was just like, hey, if you're real, show yourself to me. As I read through the Bible, there was a moment where I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, man, I got free of depression. I got free of suicidal thoughts. I got free of addiction to pornography I had for over six years in seemingly a moment. And 
there was a real profound turnaround. I mean, at the beginning of my senior year, I was the, the kid that parents and families were saying, uh, don't hang out with Joel. He's a bad influence, you know? <laughs> and then uh, by the end of my senior year, I was leading Bible studies. I was uh, encouraging people to pray. I was pressing for more of God. And I had parents saying, you need to go hang out with Joel because he, you need a little bit of what he's got. And I just, I mean, I don't even can't imagine. It was just the Lord, you know, what he did. I just don't know how he did it, but he took me in my rebellion and my weakness and he flipped it all around. So that was the, the first marker almost 10 years ago now. Wow. Um, and from that point on, there was a fire burning inside of me. And again, it's something that I can't attribute to anything other than it was on the heart of God, because I began to burn for evangelism and burn for revival and burn for people to come to know God. And that was before I was in a Christian missional community or even church that really talked about revival. They didn't really talk about anything like that. So it was really a, uh, a passion that came from the heart of God. And I believe it was a, you know, there's a message that God is speaking and releasing through young people, old people, and through this generation in general. And he's speaking a message over the nation. He's speaking a message over the globe. And when we begin to get with God and get in his presence, we begin to all hear that same message mm. burning within us. And of course, it will manifest and come to play differently in all of our lives. But based on our giftings and callings, as we get with him, he shares his message that he's trumpeting across the nation, and we all get to take part in that. So that's what began to happen to me. And, you know, long story short, I, I mean, I began to just see people come to know Jesus through my work. I began to see people physically healed at my job. And I uh, then went and did a school of the circuit riders, which was a two week evangelism training school. And that put a lot of language into all of the passion that I'd already been feeling. Mm. So uh, after that, I, I felt like I had even more just unction. And I began to see people saved on the streets in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. There was some pretty profound encounters that I could share just with salvation, physical healing and then I got married. We held a school in Lancaster and we moved out to California in 2015 to join full time the team of circuit riders here in Huntington Beach and have been uh, working with them since that to continue to pour into high schools, colleges, and just anybody that will be willing to hear the gospel. So mm. that's a little synopsis of my journey with the Lord over the past uh, several years. Amazing, man. Praise God. Well, I, you know, you've already made mention of this, and I know it was in the, the brief introduction there. I think when a lot of people think uh, of missions, when they hear about that, it's easy to think of, uh, you know, the, the Amazon or, you know, you picture the, the mud hut in the middle of Africa type of thing compared to the high school that's one block away. So what, what has been your discovery over these last five years of, uh, of wanting to engage with the youth of this generation as far 
as uh, their, their uh, grid for Jesus in the first place, but then their openness, their willingness to, to, to hear the gospel and tell us about the responsiveness of what you guys are finding of what uh, Jesus is doing on high school campuses of what you've seen here over the last few years. Yeah, absolutely. And first, I'd like to touch on even just regarding that missions aspect. Um, I'm a huge uh, proponent of being a missional Christian believer everywhere you are. I mean, I don't believe that missions uh, is relegated to someone who is a missionary or maybe is in full-time ministry. I was perfectly content and I'm always perfectly content to be working a nine-to-five job or doing whatever I can. And through that, we live out our faith filled with the Holy Spirit, showing people love, bringing the kingdom everywhere we go, because that's what Jesus modeled and commanded is that, you know, in every circumstance, we bring the kingdom through praying for the sick, for sharing the love of Jesus, for helping the poor, you know, all of that. So I remember I was so content to stay at my job and felt like it was really a gift from God and, and was actually kind of resistant to go more towards the full-time ministry or even kind of raising support route um, until uh, I had somebody invite me and they said, Hey, there's college campuses. We're doing these tours to college campuses. This was Jeremy Bardwell back in uh, 2012. And it was, he's like, we're circuit riding to these university campuses. Would you consider moving up to our base to join us in like full-time missionaries? And, Again, I was like, well, I was a little resistant. I was like, I'm seeing fruit here at my work. Like people are getting healed. Um, you know, God has put me here and things are happening. I'm, I'm content just to live out my Jesus walk where I am. But as soon as I said that, I, so I told him, I was like, I'll pray about it, but I just don't really know. That night I had a dream. And in the dream, uh, the Lord spoke so clearly and said, the harvest is plentiful, mm. but the laborers are few. And then I remember he said, Joel, I want you to take every leadership opportunity that I give to you. Um, and I woke up and just resonated with this aspect that there is so many people mm. out there who need to know Jesus and the harvest is plentiful. And there is not many laborers who are devoting their full-time occupation or not even occupation, but just their full-time energy to reaching those that aren't being reached by those who are just in the more full-time job. So I knew that was my, my journey. That's not for everyone, but there are people even listening to this podcast right now that the Lord might be saying, you know, the harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few and wherever your labor harvest field that God is calling you into uh, to accept that call. So as we, as I accepted that call and became into full-time missions, I know that it's very much a, um, not a stigma, but a, what people think right now over universities sure. and high schools is that it's dark, you know, it's hard. Yeah. And we've found over the years that it really isn't. Um, and that people are very hungry to know Jesus of the Bible. And interestingly enough, because of the culture and what I think even evangelical Christianity or nominal Christianity has done as it seeps into culture, is that they might be resistant to maybe certain buzzwords or resistant to uh, a religious structure that they have known or seen in the past. But if you go in with 
Jesus and you go in with the Jesus of the Bible and the love of the kingdom, they are very receptive, very hungry mm. and are actually like, man, I am broken. <laughs> I am unfulfilled. I am depressed and I'm in need of something that you're talking about. Mm. So it's learning to change your language a little bit and share with them the love of Jesus, the reality of that and the cross and what he's done for them. And they're very receptive. So we, we began to see um, hundreds of people saved, people come to know Jesus. I remember um, our circuit rider youth team, uh, we began to host tours. We started, circuit riders started out just doing universities and through a series of dreams and encounters and, you know, passions on Jake Mason in my own heart, we felt like we also needed to go to high schools. So we would begin to host assemblies at schools. And these assemblies, you know, uh, oftentimes in public schools, they wouldn't let it be a religious assembly where we couldn't actually preach the gospel, but we could call it a hope assembly. So we would have a, a whole hour long assembly speaking to an entire school and we would be sharing our testimony, sharing what God has done without actually sharing Jesus himself. And then we would invite people afterwards, say, if you want to hear more, you know, come and talk to us. And then we could share the gospel. Or we would invite them to a, an event afterwards where we could share the gospel. Be mm. Because it was a mandatory school-wide assembly in a public school, we couldn't. And we would see profound impact of these kids coming up crying, kids uh, giving their lives to Jesus and there was some schools that would just let us preach. And I remember on the, um, I believe it was the same day of Billy Graham's death. Uh, when was this? Probably about two, three years, years ago. ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, that our team was at a middle school and there was probably about 500, 600 kids in that middle school auditorium doing the assembly. And they gave a salvation call and there was uh, about 400 kids wow. who stood up who was like gripped with the reality of the gospel and wanted to respond. And I just think that that is just a phenomenal thing. Mm. And I'm just glory to God for what he has done um, on that day as well, that the Lord was saying that the mantle of Billy Graham is being passed on to a different generation and not even to one person, but to a generation that is going to see young people across the nation and the globe turn to him through the power of the gospel. Wow. Absolutely amazing, man. There's, there's the, uh, the, the local newspaper report, local middle school, it gives their entire student body the heart to Jesus. Uh, most people aren't hearing, but it's absolutely amazing. So, so 2020 rolls around and uh, school campuses closed left and right, and it, let alone, not only closed, even for the ones that are open, uh, in my experience, no volunteers are on campus. So yeah. uh, any thoughts of, of all those things that you guys had been doing, overnight basically gets shut down. So as an entire ministry, what, what did that look like for you guys as, as everything with COVID starts swinging up and everything starts shutting down as far as your process to say, God, what, uh, what are you saying? What do you do? Tell, tell us about what, what was the process that, and then fill us in on what, what's taking place this year. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, our process is we, we had already circuit riders as a whole, had already been doing, um, had kind of the technology and the foresight to be doing some live streams, 
and to be doing a lot of things online, have the technology ability to do that. So we quickly began to pivot into just online live streams where we began to resource people through uh, weekly streams as well as added some more. We've, we've done um, a Brave Love is our women's ministry and we've done a Brave Love Accelerator, which was a, I believe it was an eight week course with a Zoom, weekly Zoom Bible study and with different things, uh, resources out to you and we had over, I believe it was over 600, maybe even 800. I can't remember the exact number, but I believe it was over 600 women who signed up for this eight-week accelerator course and even some from other nations. And it was phenomenal, just that level of training and resourcing that was able to come up because we weren't having, say, 600-person women conferences before right. that. But now through that uh, technology, it was quickly be able to change and we began to see our reach grow. And we started to do other different series and then started uh, our greenhouse prayer room uh, two, three times a week. And we began to have people texting in from across the nation saying, hey, we're watching your, your prayer room and we're getting wrecked in God's presence. And again, something that it just broadened our reach from even beyond what we would have done if we wouldn't have had that. It was pretty phenomenal. Uh, but the thing that I want to highlight most uh, that I am most involved in here with Circuit Riders is the Circuit Rider youth aspect. We were really scratching our heads on what to do with high school campuses. <laughs> Obviously, because especially being based out in California, their regulations are even more tight than maybe some others in the nation, where other places maybe people have been going back to school or I, I do know I've seen some uh, groups that have been able to actually start meeting in schools again, but in California, that just was not the aspect. It was not the dynamic. So we've been working with a Brian Barcelona with one voice and the Jesus clubs. And we've worked with them for years. What they're doing is really incredible. I would encourage you to check out their ministry, uh, one voice and the Jesus clubs. And they, we were partnering with them leading into the fall to do large, you know, Jesus Club Bible studies all across, all across Orange County, but that was just not going to happen realistically with COVID. Well, Brian had been working with a few different influencers in social media. He's very well connected. And they were telling him of the profound impact you can begin to have on TikTok. So he pivoted his whole team to begin to share the gospel on TikTok. And he invited us into it. And I jumped, I was like, okay, let's just jump right into this because, um, you know, we're doing all these live streams. We have different things that we're doing. But for me, I was like, okay, you know, this is a uh, mission field that people aren't really going to. So we began to just, uh, each one of our team members here, Sick Rider Youth, we have a few of them as well as Jesus Clubs began to preach the gospel on TikTok. And it's pretty amazing what happened because over you know, the past three months of doing this, uh, I have grown my account, which is just preaching the gospel to over 230,000 followers. Wow. And these are all people, young people, who want to know Jesus and are following because of the daily prayers, the daily gospel proclamations, mm -hmm. the daily Bible readings, and the daily culture videos that I am posting. 
And I remember Brian said something uh, where he said that the Lord spoke to him that if, if God could use the letters of the Apostle Paul written down to impact entire communities and the entire world, how much more could he also use short videos during the season to go around the globe and impact communities and the globe? So yes, we, we might not be able to be with them in person, but Paul wasn't often either, and he wrote the letters. So how can we then share these videos of the gospel of Jesus and see how they impact? And man, it is really amazing what is happening on TikTok right now, because as we began to see these followers grow, we began to host live streams. And I mean, all throughout this, every, every video, there's these young people who are hungry to know God, and they are asking questions that would make you both sad and amazed because we're seeing that, you know, the statistics are that the Gen Z generation, only 4% of them has a biblical worldview. Hmm. Only 4%. And I have seen that as I've been on TikTok because almost every one of my videos, I have people asking questions about what is sin? Is this a sin? What does this mean? Most of them say, hey, I don't have a Bible. I do a daily Bible reading with some scripture. And they say, hey, I don't have a Bible. Where can I get one? You know, uh, wow. hey, uh, you know, where do I start reading my Bible? You know, what do I do this? They, they just have no idea. And then uh, many, many kids commenting, hey, I saw a TikToker say, say this about sin or say this or say this. And they're getting their relationship with God. They're getting their understanding of God through TikTok, which is profound because I'm like, man, then that it is so important mm. for us to be on there sharing the truth of God's word and making sure that the Bible is portrayed and Jesus is portrayed accurately on there. And there's numerous, numerous comments every day of people saying, man, my life got changed because of you, because of your videos, because of this. Oh. Many people, one person told me literally last night, I was going to be an atheist. I was heading down that path. I wasn't religious until I began to see some of your videos and other of the Jesus clubs and the TikTok Christian communities. And now I am a believer and she's joining us on weekly Zoom Bible studies. So it's really amazing. <clears throat> I'll say more into it is that we do these, uh, where a lot of the fruit becomes is that TikTok lets you do a live stream. So, uh, you know, as, as many of you, if you don't know, TikTok is short videos between 15 seconds to a minute. It's very hard to distill theology into a minute. <laughs> uh, but hey, it can be done. Um, but then on the live streams, you can go as long as you want. And when people are jumping on these live streams, I mean, the hunger is off the charts, asking for prayer, asking mm. for different words. And uh, one of our teammates, him and his uh, girlfriend have been doing live streams every single night. And over the past 10 days, they have seen 150 kids give their lives wow. to Jesus on their live streams. And myself, I have not been as good at keeping up with the exact numbers. I know that one day I had 22 kids give their lives to Jesus on the live stream. Another wow. day, about 12. Um, and pretty much every time you get on the live stream, there is new people giving their lives to Jesus and encountering God. We have stories of uh, girls who are getting healed of scars on the live stream, praying for, for physical healing and them, and them freaking out right in the comments. 
my scars are gone. Or, you know, I, I just got healed of this. My headache is all gone. Mm. And it is just really profound how God is moving through these videos. So before you, I know that many people watching this are probably wondering, okay, so they're saying that they're getting saved. What does that mean? How do you follow up with them? Well, I'm so glad that you asked. <laughs> because uh, the Jesus Club and One Voice has this amazing text in platform that they use and that we work with them on where whenever anybody gets uh, saved, we have a number that we put up on the screen and say, hey, text the word saved to this number. And then they text in that number and they put all of their name, mm. their, their age, their location in a database. And then uh, the Jesus Clubs, you know, they have contacts all across the nation with different pastors and leaders who used to be going into schools and now aren't. Mm. And now we can uh, take those text in numbers and, and sort them by region and then plug them in with local leaders and local pastors wow. and get them meeting up with other youth. So for us here in the SoCal region, uh, we have been hosting Zoom Bible studies from these students that have texted saved on TikTok. And there is probably a contact list now of almost 300 students in just the 100 or 50 mile radius of Huntington Beach. Wow. That then we send out a text reminder to, hey, join us on the Zoom Bible study every Thursday night. And the first Zoom Bible study we did on, on uh, the one Thursday, it was just about uh, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. I was like, hey, so how'd you guys find out about the study? You know, when did you do this? And the, the one guy was like, hey, I texted in save just two days ago on your live stream. And that's why I'm here. <laughs> it's amazing. And all of these kids are saying that they've actually encountered God, given their lives to Jesus just this year during the quarantine, mm. during this pandemic. And they're actually like, you know, 15 year old saying, I am so grateful for TikTok because it is how I found the Lord. Wow. I'm so grateful for this because it is how I have now found out more about the Bible. It's how I'm growing in my relationship with God. And three weeks ago, we did a, a, the Zoom Bible study where there was probably maybe only 12 or 13 of them on there because obviously the text goes out. Not everybody joins the study, but they have the opportunity to. And I just went through Bible teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And there was kids just getting so encountered. One girl saying, I am in my living room right now, just shaking. And I feel the power of God coming on me. Um, and this is just what God is doing. You know, in the midst of this, he's moving through screens, moving through these dynamics. So I've been so encouraged by what we're doing. Last wow. thing I'll share on, on that. I mean, we could, we'll go into more, but <laughs> last thing I'll share into that is last night we just did a, a Zoom study with those that have, have given their life to Jesus on TikTok, and they all began to ask about baptisms, and they all have a burning passion to get baptized, and mm. one said that their, their parents don't want them to because uh, they grew up in a Catholic home and have different religious beliefs. Others said that they have nobody to baptize them. They don't know what it means. All of this thing. That's where a lot of these kids are at. And we asked if they would be willing to come and meet us at the Huntington Beach Pier to get baptized next week. And a resounding yes was all across the Zoom study. So 
next Friday, we're going to be meeting these high school kids uh, and, you know, they're approving it with their parents, all of this stuff. And we're going to be baptizing probably a dozen or so kids at the Huntington Beach Pier, wow. all from salvation through TikTok. <laughs> Man, that's, that is absolutely amazing. You know, I, I love, and I, it seems like, you know, there's probably countless times where whatever the situation is that says, hey, Jesus can't come in this space, or he can't be there. Uh, again, thinking through all of uh, history here, and next thing you know, rather than saying, hey, church, let's just, we need to retreat, and we're all under lockdown, it's saying, but look what's, he's right there. He's right there. That's right. There's, there's no iron curtain. There's no quarantine. Uh, his commitment to never leave and never pull back, uh, showing itself true once again, but this time through TikTok, uh, which is just amazing absolutely amazing yes it has been very incredible um i think it is a new what what i've told some of our team is that it feels a little bit like another unreached people group hmm. um or you could think of it as just its own community that's its own mission field yes uh, in reality um and one other thing i'll share is we uh there's been a, a number of Christian influencers who have grown their following substantially. And one of them is this 17-year-old uh, named Mason Bristol. And he just gave his life to Jesus uh, back in June. Hmm. And he, had a, he grew up going to kind of Catholic school, Catholic church, but he, he didn't really know Jesus or have a really strong relationship. And he had a moment where he had a profound encounter with God surrendered everything to Jesus in his room crying and he heard the Lord clearly speak to him. You need to start preaching on TikTok the same day. So he just like, okay, he didn't even know what that meant. He just first gave his life to Jesus. First thing Jesus told him to do was that. And so he started just three times a day, just get on there and preach. And he said that he was literally just preaching other people's messages. You know, he's a young 17 year old <laughs> believer. He doesn't know what he's, you know, and the, the Lord begins to breathe on it. And I mean, his video is amassing million views more. Now he has over 700,000 followers and there is incredible amounts of people getting touched through his mm. videos. And then we were able to go with him and uh, several other TikTok influencers, one who has uh, over 16 million followers. He himself, he's a, a 16 year old and he has almost as many followers as Justin Bieber does on TikTok, 16 million. And he got encountered by Jesus, gave his life to Jesus, starts preaching the gospel on TikTok, starts losing millions of followers, but still has 16 million. Um, and so many people getting encountered. We ho host a Gen Z for Jesus tour this October, um, where we went from Dallas to uh, Louisiana, Atlanta, Florida, and brought these young influencers on the tour and met in kind of like open areas, social distance with other high schoolers. And uh, this is the last story that I'll share. But we went on this tour and each one of those events, those TikTok influencers were live streaming the whole event. So the events might've even been smaller, even because they kind of had to be in sure. this current climate. But there was just thousands being reached through this live stream and hundreds getting saved on the live streams as well. The first event, there was students that drove from over uh, two hours away just mm -hmm. to get baptized and to worship with us. 
and then the person who came with them got saved that night, you know? Um, there was just so many amazing things. And by the end of the tour, this last October, there was over 672 salvations. Wow. There was 16 baptisms. There was 60,623 streams. And there was over 28 nations that watched just from these young people mm. who are using their influence for the gospel in the platform that God has given them. Hmm. So that's kind of the, the last thing that I'll share is just that was, this is what God is doing among yeah. the youth of the nation. This is what God is doing. If you look and see the harvest field that it's right and see what is the platform that the youth are on, what are the areas that people are on and how can I bring God's kingdom there and he'll use you if you're willing. Wow, bro. Absolutely amazing. The last, last question that I have for you, Joel, uh, you're I'm talking, you're, you're, you're reaching generation Z, the, the future of uh, our country, uh, future leaders, all the, the influences of today that you guys are connecting with, which is just amazing to hear. What, what's, what puts hope in your heart? What, or what are you hopeful for going into 2021 in the days ahead, uh, kind of what, what would you say is, is your exhortation for the body as you look to the days ahead uh, with, obviously, Lord only knows what, what's around the corner, but what is it that you feel like this is what he's saying, what he has uh, in the days ahead? Oh, man, that's a great question. I'm, I'm full of hope and um, my exhortation would just be uh, to not get so to not get caught up in uh, foolish arguments, as Paul mm. says in Timothy, but to really look for how we can love. And I think I think one of the the biggest thing that's burning my heart. Just I don't know why. Maybe it doesn't even answer your question. But what I feel to share right now is just the importance of us remaining in the word of God mm. and the importance of that because when I see Gen Z, I believe that they are the most innovative um, generation and the most influential generation. Never before have we been able to reach millions of people literally in a moment in your living room yeah. through a viral video for hundreds of nations. I mean, I have people from South Africa who are commenting saying that they're getting touched and I'm just here in my garage, you know, um, never before have we seen that happen. And Gen Z is that generation that is able to see the gospel go viral in even a greater way, influential, intuitive, um, in, uh, innovative more than ever before. And in that, I believe that it is just so important that we stay so grounded in the word of God. Mm. And it is so important for us to know this, to study it and to be living in it. And then to not criticize methods, uh, movements or personalities, but to really seek how God's kingdom can come and to seek love as our highest aim through the truth of the Bible. Come on. Amen. 
Man, amen. Joel, just as we wrap up, could you, uh, would you just take a moment to pray for us? Anybody who's listening right now, uh, when you hear a testimony, it's the, the, there's faith that's released for our hearts all to say, Jesus, what are you saying to me? And, and I hope everyone heard throughout everything Joel shared, it was hearing what Jesus was saying and simply taking that next step in obedience and yes. response to him. And next thing we know, he is doing far more than we could ever ask or imagine. And so even as Joel prays, my encouragement to everybody is that we all take a minute just to say, Jesus, what are you saying to me? And what, what's that next step that you have? Uh, so Joel, we'd love it if you'd pray for us. Uh, yes. Pray for He'll be listening right now. Uh, we'll, we'll wrap up from there. Yes. Yes, God, we just, we come to you and we thank you for what you're doing. And I pray, God, for everybody listening, that any sense of confusion would be broken off. Any sense of discouragement or despair or even writing themselves off would be silent. And that you would have free reign right now, Holy Spirit, to speak to their mind. And I pray that that courage would fill their souls, that faith would fill their minds, God. And I pray that you would speak to them about what is in front of them. What is the mission field, the harvest field that is in front of them? And God, that you would give them uh, intuitive and uh, ingenuitive ideas and new ways of doing things that you would breathe on, God, and you would show them the next step and the next step, God, and that you would just give them a fresh passion to see this generation and the older generation, those around them, reached for Jesus. And would you breathe on their efforts with favor in the name of Jesus. Thanks for joining us this week on the In Every Place podcast. To be notified of every new episode, hit